disciple up. Now, this is for the week of December 5th. So we'll be talking about the lessons that your kids will be learning on December 5th, this Sunday. And one of the main points that they will be learning is the prophets in the Old Testament told that Jesus would be born and Jesus is the Messiah who fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. Uh, really cool stuff here. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of Bible nerd stuff here. Uh, but the, the main verses kids will be looking at is Isaiah 7, 14, Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah 11, 1 through 5, and Micah 5, 2. Now, what I really like about uh, this section, because it's about Jesus, uh, it's always about Jesus, but this is about Christmas. And we're going to read Isaiah 7, 14 right now. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Now, I need you need to ask your kid on the way home or throughout the week, what does Emmanuel mean? And Emmanuel means God with us. And this is speaking of a baby being born from a virgin that will be named Emmanuel. Now, he is named Jesus. This is pointing to Jesus. Now, if you look at Matthew 1, 22 to 23, uh, it says this. Now, all this took place to fulfill what has spoken by the Lord through the prophet. That prophet is Isaiah. Now, Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. So, the, the, the audience that he's writing to already knows this, uh, this part of Isaiah. We don't know it, but Matthew does it. Matthew says it, that the, the prophet... And when they hear this, they think of Isaiah. So I just want to remember, when it says this in Matthew 1, 22-23, it's the prophet Isaiah. So I'll continue on in those two verses. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. Matthew is showing that Jesus is fulfilling those prophecies that were written over 700 years before Jesus was born. So I want, to ask, I want you to ask your students, when did Isaiah write about Jesus? And hopefully they'll remember that's about 700 years before Jesus was born. And what does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. And that's great encouragement. And you should ask him, why is this a great thing to hear? Because God is with us in the good times and the bad. He won't abandon us. Uh, in Matthew 28, um, and uh at the last verses, uh, 18 through 20, the Great Commission, he says, I will be with you always to the ends of the earth, okay? Uh, so remember to ask your kids, what does Emmanuel mean, which is God is with us, and why is that such a great thing? It means he will, he will never abandon us if we put our faith in him. Now, next uh, verse that we're going to talk about in Sunday school, and also I think I encourage you to talk with your kids at home throughout the week. Uh, capture moments here. To, uh, capture moments to disciple them up. Uh, is Isaiah 9, 6. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Now those last, that last section, it talks about four names. Uh, each have two words. Well, the last one is Prince of Peace, but the one imagine that of is not there. Uh, each of these two two word names are uh, composed of 
a supernatural God-like word and a natural man-like word. So in the first one's wonderful counselor. And a wonderful refers to supernatural signs and counselors like giving advice, which kings would seek after. And Jesus, uh, it's showing us that Jesus is coming, uh, foretelling that Jesus would come both to do signs and wonders and to give wisdom by his teachings. Uh, the next name is Mighty God. Now, Mighty back then was commonly used for powerful men, highly esteemed warriors. So that's kind of showing you that Jesus is a warrior. And then God, well, that's self-explanatory. It's that's definitely divine. And this shows us that uh, God is, or it shows that Jesus has infinite power, who is an omnipotent warrior, who will someday return to earth to slay his all his enemies with the word, with the sword coming out of his mouth. And that doesn't mean like a sword protruding out of his mouth. What that's showing that his mouth is what he, his mouth is all powerful. I mean, his his words will change the world, just as his words spoke creation into existence. Uh, the next name is given eternal father. The the supernatural word or God word is eternal. Sometimes it's everlasting. I mean, it's it's forever. It, it, we, it's hard to imagine eternity in our minds. We can't quite grasp it. But it uh, also gives father, and we, and we know what father means, but I know that some of us may not have had the best father growing up. I have, I have a great father, but all, even great fathers have shortcomings. I have shortcomings. And that's why I, point, I, I want to teach my kids to trust in the eternal father more than they trust in me. Not saying they shouldn't trust me, but I want them to put their hope in the eternal Father. Don't put their hope in me. Now, this shows us that Jesus is the Father from the eternal past. You will continue to father us forever and ever. Now, it is kind of odd that Jesus does refer is Jesus uh, that Jesus is called the Father because as Christians we believe in the Trinity, uh, uh, one God, three persons: God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and. God the Father is not Jesus. God the Son is Jesus. But Jesus, during his earthly ministry, he referred to his disciples. And I just don't mean the twelve. I mean the people who truly followed him. We have all the women that followed him, like the Mary Magdalene and the other Marys and the other women that uh, followed him. He referred to his disciples, men and women, as sons and daughters throughout his earthly ministry. Okay. Uh, the next, the last name he is given in Isaiah 9, 6 is Prince of Peace. Now, Prince is a common government official name. Uh, so, and Peace. Uh, now, remember, Jesus is an omnipotent warrior. Uh, but he will bring peace after his resurrection victory. He, he, he will bring peace. Now, you might, your kid may be asking you, How's how is he the Prince of Peace? If he brought peace, why is there still wars? Why are there still conflicts? Uh, and I would explain to them there's several meanings on this. Uh, John 14, 27 says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. If when you have when you put your faith in Christ, you're going to experience suffering, but you will have peace uh, when you trust in Christ. Uh, he brings a peace that cannot be explained except by Jesus Christ. The other peace that he brings is the peace between us and God. Uh, we are, our, our, our hearts are at war with God because we are all sinners. 
But Jesus, through his death on the cross, takes the punishment we deserve and brings us peace with God. And we get to experience that, that eternal peace when Jesus returns. And we are in his family when we put our trust in him. Okay, uh, Isaiah 11 uh, one through five, I'll read that. Then, he sh then a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse, and the, and the branch from his roots will bear fruit. Um, that's the main part of that section that it, this focuses on. Um, and it's mainly talking about how uh, Jesus comes from the line of David, which is really important. Because uh, this is a callback. Uh, or uh, this is a callback, but also because uh, uh, it's a callback because it comes after David. Um, uh, it comes the, Isaiah comes after David is no longer on earth. But we'll see that in the Gospels it calls back to this verse to uh, Isaiah as well as this other verse, Second uh, Samuel twelve thirteen. This is where God is speaking through a prophet and He's telling. Uh, David, his plans for his family line. He says, when your time comes, this is 2 Samuel 12, 13, when your time comes, you rest with your ancestors. So I will raise up after you, you your descendant, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, um, this is that Second Samuel is a kind of a. It's talking about two different people. They're both descendants of David. It's talking about Solomon, you know, the great wise king in the Old Testament. Um, how he built, he's going to build the temple. Uh, after during his time on earth, but as you remember, Solomon's kingdom after he died splits up. It splits up into uh, the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. Because uh, of, of the choices he is he made, and it's and but remember but his, so his kingdom splits up, but it also says this is, this kingdom will be established forever. That is pointing toward Jesus. That is pointing toward Jesus, and this was Isaiah is talking about. And in Matthew uh, one, where there's a genealogy, genealogy is really cool. Why it's uh, I like the genealogies. When you look at the Bible, pay attention to genealogies. Names are important. Uh, just remember this: uh, we got, uh, we know our sins, and God knows our sins. But He calls us by our name, not by what our mistakes. But He calls us by our name. Names are important here. God knows your name. Uh, but in the Matthew genealogy, and there's a Luke genealogy. Uh, the purpose of the Luke's genealogy, or I will go with Matthew's first. But uh, Matthew genealogy, uh, it talks about how it's basically there to show that Jesus has legal claim to God's throne because he's a descendant of Abraham and David. Now, I'm simplifying this. There's a lot more stuff to it, but that's what I want you to understand. And, and you can teach that to your kids that Isaiah 11, 1 through 5, that this is predicting that Jesus come from the, uh, from the family of David and how, that it, how David's family will have a kingdom forever. And that's established in 2 Samuel. Now, I'll tell you about the Luke uh, genealogy because that's probably the more famous Christmas story, I think. Um, lineage, uh, the, the Matthew genealogy goes all the way back to Abraham. But Luke's lineage or genealogy goes all the way back to Adam, which means Jesus is the fulfillment not only 
of the Jewish host, but the hopes of the entire world. Like Adam, who was described as a son of God because of a unique relationship to God. So he wasn't born from a man, so he wasn't even born from a woman. Um, so he had a unique relationship to God, but Jesus also uh, is understood as possessing a unique relationship to God because he was not born from a man's seed. Uh, so he, it's showing that, Luke is showing that Jesus is for the whole world. Everybody has an opportunity to trust in Jesus, not just for Jewish people, for all people. But just remember Isaiah 11, um, 1 through 5 is showing that Jesus is um, a descendant of David, which is a really big deal in the Old Testament. Now, the last one uh, uh, pa passage that your students or your kids will see is Micah 5, 2. And it reads this, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be a ruler over Israel for me. His origins for antiquity from, the, from ancient times. Now, uh, this is saying that the, the ruler of all over Israel, the king of the Jews, will be, come from Bethlehem, the city of David. Now look at this. All right, That's, that's what Bethlehem, Luke 2, 10 through 11 says this. This is a callback. As you want to think of a callback, think of uh, Marvel Cinematic, Cinematic Universe. If you ever watch those movies, you the Avengers Endgame does a lot of callbacks to all the previous uh, movies. But also, the previous movies are pointing toward Endgame happening. In Infinity War, I think Doctor Strange says, this is the Endgame now. Um, uh, and so there's other things that are pointing toward what's happening in Endgame, and Endgame's pointing back. Uh, but trust me on this, the Bible is way better at doing callbacks and pointing toward uh, Jesus. Uh, so, but listen to Luke 2, 10 through 11. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. This is the angel talking to the uh, shepherds. And it says this, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. Understand this, guys. This is really cool. Ask them where. Ask your kids where. Where was David from? And they may not know. Encourage them. Help them understand that Bethlehem is where David is from, and the city of David is also another name for Bethlehem. And the Savior comes from the city of David. So, Luke two is a callback to Micah five. Uh, Luke chapter two verses ten through eleven is a callback or call that to a foreshadowing of Jesus that is found in Micah 5, 2. And one thing I think is really cool, it says, uh, uh, it says, look, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, I think that's how you pronounce it, you are a small among the clans of Judah. Bethlehem was a small town. Um, it was kind of a, mocked that anything would come from Bethlehem. And I think this is where you can encourage your kids, say, Get, you may feel small, but Jesus is powerful. God is powerful. And it's, it's, God will use people who are small to do great things. And no matter your background, where you come from, God wants you to be a part of his mission. Encourage your kids on that. And I encourage you. You may feel like you're not able to teach your kids, but guess what? God said in Deuteronomy 6 that you are supposed to teach your kids um, about God and his son, about his promises, the hope they can find in him. Guess what? He's given you his word, the Bible to teach. So I encourage you to 
to pray over this, to pray, uh, to remember that the prosperous are pointing toward Jesus and that God will never abandon us. Uh, he brings us Prince of Peace. He's, uh, he'll bring us peace. He's the mighty God. He's the mighty warrior. He's going give, to give us counsel. So trust in Him. Go to Him. He's the eternal Father, the Father we always wanted. So I uh, hope you have a great day.